Hello! Welcome to the podcast that we do about <laughs> the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. It is live from the Pool House. I am, of course, uh, your host uh, with the least, uh, Teal Foster. <laughs> and I am joined by the host with the actual most. Me! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who is me? Sonia! Uh, like, freaking dying of the heat stroke in this summertime heat we're having. <laughs> it's too hot. Damn you, global warming. It's not a hoax. Damn you, indeed. Yeah. Damn you, indeed, global warming. Uh, so, so, yeah, I thought it would be cool. We've been doing this now for, for eight weeks. Uh, what if we... Did a, a clip show. <gasps> yes. And then it, it combines two episodes as one clip show. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant doing a clip show of our show. Like, <laughs> oh my god, that would be the most meta thing, and I might do that. Wouldn't that be hilarious? Oh, just have a clip show of me. Uh, like My favorite clip so far of the shows we've done is when I told... Um, it was episode six where I was talking about how I both tweet about indigenous issues and racism and my crush on, um, what was it, on, uh, what's his face, uh, Killian Murphy. And yes. I was so pissed because Antista said that, like, um, that Killian looks like the type of guy who would knock down a, a teepee. And I was insulted <laughs> because, um, I was like, Antista, we, uh, my people lived in wigwams. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, but yeah, like Killian Murphy's Irish, he would never do that. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we are discussing a clip show today, so we are gonna combine it into two parts, just because the first one, the first episode of this one's kind of not a dud, we'll say, but like, I mean, it's a clip show. Yeah. Like the, the first episode, like if you, like it was one of the things like when we started doing this, like it actually felt like a dread to watch it. I don't like clip shows. Me neither. Like, I'm not. A, not a huge fan of it. I think it's. I think it's very like. And it, it, to be fair, it's understandable if you're doing a long running show, mm-hmm. uh, just because like it gives you more time. Like as writers, it's less stuff for you to write. But like, also as a writer, I love story. Yeah. <laughs> and like in a clip show, you really can't do a lot of the story stuff with it, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, I I'm not a huge fan of clip show. So it definitely the first half of it is definitely a slog, especially for me. Yeah. Um, and then I forgot Let's, how good the second half is. So, right. When yeah. it's like, oh, it's no longer a clip. Sh- it's actually an episode. It's like, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah so this. <laughs> this episode is a two-parter called Someday Your Prince Will Be in Effect, which first aired October 29th, uh, 1990. This episode was directed again by Jeff Melman, with story by Benny R. Richburg Jr., who was a story consultant on, on this show, on uh, Fresh Prince, and was a writer for Martin. So, uh, this episode was written by Cheryl Gard and Shannon Guhan, I think is how you spell her name, or say it. Mm-hmm. Cheryl was co-executive producer on the sh- on this show, and mm-hmm. Shannon wrote for early SNL. So, like, we're talking, like, 70s, 80s, so she's right. pretty well regarded. Uh, so this episode, in addition to being a clip show, uh, it focuses on Hillary throwing a massive Halloween party at the mansion, and the family has waited until the very last minute to get their costumes. <laughs> Uh, so right. the big conflict of this episode is that Hillary informs Will and Carlton that they aren't invited to the party as they spend most of their time around Hillary's girlfriends trying to hit on them. And Vivian informs Hillary that it's a family party 
and she is sure Will and Carlton have dates, which they don't. <laughs> so, Will and Carlton make a bet to see who can get a date for the party, planning to hit on as many girls as they can at the local mall. Which I found kind of terrible because we'll get into it in a bit but like hitting on girls that are working is always the worst because they can't say no to you and i've been right i've done that i have hit on a guy that was working and i'm but i was young and stupid so i that's right. what i'm blaming it on I was about to say, like, we're going to, again, uh, we talked about this in our last episode. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about, like, really, really, relitigating, like, yourself when you were, like, a younger, hornier person. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I've done it, and it sucks. Like, like looking back now, I would be mortified. Like, if I was around somebody, they were hitting on somebody at a mall, mm-hmm. or, you know, at their job, I would be, like, I would be terrified. Well, especially but. in this case, because, like, it often happens that, like, I was reading this article, well, I was reading a series of tweets about how at, like, places like uh, Starbucks or at uh, Hot Topic, girls will actually have uh, guys that they'll hide in the back from, and that these guys will, like, realize what their schedule is and intentionally come in when they're working. And, that, right. like, like uh, I know, like, Will and, Will and Carlton don't mean this maliciously, but I'm like, yeah, as a girl, this kind of rubs me the wrong way, just because I'm like, yeah, I've had that happen, and it's not fun, because you can't say no. <laughs> right. But, yeah. Right, no, it's, it's, it's definitely, like, I remember being at a, um, at a uh, at a restaurant and like asking a girl for her number and then getting it and then like it was like it was weird because she obviously was not into it and like the thing is like when you're doing this and you're like a group of five dudes and everyone's giggling like of course they're like yeah I know what's up like you guys are all you guys are all just like being jerks and like so it it's just never a good thing I I always yeah. stress it. it's like like just don't don't do it. Like it's not their their job isn't for you to hang out with or or for you to hit on. Just like don't. It's always just like not great. Yeah, exactly. Like I go to a restaurant in my city where I think that one of the guys is hitting on me just because I'm a regular there, but I don't act on it because it, he's working. Like I don't like he's not in a harem. I don't like he's not there for my enjoyment. I'm there to eat right. uh, ice cream sundaes and have Mo- Mongolian barbecue. Like, <laughs> if he wants to find me in the streets, he can find me in the streets. So, but anyway, right. um, but so the mall in this episode looks amazing. Like, I love it. It looks like it's so cool. Like, uh, there is a bigger mall in my city, but like this place is like Mall of America size, like two floor or like three or four floors. It's just oh. This looks so good. And I love the little detail that everyone knows Hillary by name. So it's like really cute. Little cute detail. I love that. And I also love that she is the one who suggests Ashley go to the Halloween party as Charlie Chaplin, which makes her kind of like a cinephile. I love that. The little detail. Uh, Though Ashley doesn't know who Charlie Chaplin is. (laughs) Which I was like, aww. Everyone knows who he is. Right. Now, what was your uh, like history, like you said you had a smaller wall. Like, what is your history with, like, mall culture and, like, hanging out in malls? Uh, well, I grew up in the north, like, on a res. And every time we would come into the city for, like, field trips or something, there would always be, um, 
like a night where we would go to just the mall and uh, our chaperones would like we'd meet up in the in the food court and uh, we'd be told, okay, everybody meet back here at like six thirty and don't fuck around. And so we would like it was it was an experience in itself to just like wander around the mall. Like the the mall in my hometown that is the most popular didn't have a bookstore though, so I always hated going to that wow. one. Uh, but it had like uh, our record store was called HMV. It had a huge HMV. Um, it had like uh, a bunch of really cool like arcade places, and I just love uh, I just love going there still. Like uh, like in COVID, it was it was it's closed a little bit right now and not as vibrant. But just going there to hang out is still something I love to do. Right. Uh, no, I um. So the malls are dead. In uh, <laughs> in my neck of the woods, but we used to have a really, we used to have actually two big malls. Uh, one was near where my parents lived now, which is the Avenues Mall. It's kind of the bigger, uh, it's it's a more vertically bigger mall in Jacksonville because it had the two stairs. Um, and the one I grew up with is one that's like, is a, a, a decaying husk. It's called Regency Mall. Um, and it was probably like a bike like a bike ride, like 30 minutes away from where I grew up at. Um, it's like a five minute drive uh, from where I grew up at. And I remember me and my buddy Alfred go to the mall all the time. Um, and like we would go to your uh, Barnes and Noble and uh, the game spots. And then there was like an arcade in there called The Tilt, which was really great. Uh, one of the things that sucks uh, is that like when I would go to the bookstores, I would be, I would be like every. Every dude online now, like the reason why I'm so I'm so aggro against those like dudes who like who like uh, you know are very negative to women in like their culture spaces. It's like I was that guy, and I <laughs> would never forgive myself for that because I remember my buddy Lewis and I went to the Barnes and Noble, and I would always go to the, to the manga because I love manga. And I remember seeing like this girl; she was wearing a, like an FMA jacket, and she's like talking about. Uh, she was talking about the uh, the anime Trigon, and she was explaining it. And I just remember just being like, uh, "She really never watched the show before," which is like the jerkiest. Like, like if I can go back in time and just beat someone up, I would just dangle <laughs> myself over a toilet because, like, it sucks. Like, of course, she probably knew. I was just being a jerk, just to be a jerk, because uh, I was like twenty, but there's no excusing it. And it's just like. Like, I, I hated the, that they left, but also I'm glad that it is gone because it was just, like, it was just a lot. <laughs> well, it's like, um, there is a smaller mall closer to me in my hometown. Uh, it's called the Otinike Mall. Uh, it's on the Opasquia Cree Nation, which is in Nepal, Manitoba. And it's, like, about six or seven stores. And back in the day... Uh, the candy shop had a massive arcade with the the four person uh, t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, and so my yeah. parents would stick me and my sister in there so they could go shopping without having to buy us like candy and comic books. <laughs> so <laughs> they would give us like about five dollars and quarters and like have an hour where they would just be able to shop like by themselves and i remember like the the day they got rid of that that store i was heartbroken because it was such an amazing place like it was one of those stereotypical like 90s arcades but oh man it's so many good memories and trying to and trying to win that game and not being very good at it (laughs) 
but as we mentioned at the start, uh, the first part of this two-parter is almost 60% clips from previous episodes, which I found a bit weird as we're only, like, what, eight episodes into the show? So I yeah. was trying to find out why there was a clip show, show, clip, show, clip show so soon, but I couldn't really find anything about it. I think maybe they yeah. needed, like, one extra episode or something. Yeah, usually... Having never run or show run um, a television show, yet alone uh, work on it, but usually they'll do it right is because like a studio will say, "Hey, we need an extra episode," and then what's the easier thing to do if you get like sixty percent? If you can just recut percentage footage, it's really easy, right? Um, I don't know. This is so weird that it it happened like this, uh, but I'm not sure why they why they did it. Maybe it's because the the uh, the one about the dating didn't feel like maybe I'm not sure what their reasoning was for for this like and so it's uh, Uncle Phil going back to the main story of the episode Uncle Phil does not want to get dressed up and gets distracted by the perfect dad store this gadget shop uh, Aunt Viv is looking for safari clothes at Banana Republic when she gets charmed into recording some music at a song booth and she's really really good uh, I only found this out for tonight's recording but Janet Hubert was in the original Broadway cast for Cats and I was like oh my god like really like so I looked it up like I think it was m- largely because like she's an amazing dancer but like yeah. she was like the ensemble the ensemble cast largely like she played uh the I don't know the story of cats very well but she played one of the twins there's there's not a story. <laughs> so I know <laughs> well, that's important it's it's a review so cats is a Lindsay Ellis uh does a tremendous uh she did a tremendous video essay on cats called uh. But why cats? Um, <laughs> uh, and talking about the fever dream of the movie that I still haven't seen yet, I need to see. I need to see the cats movie uh, that came out last year. Um, but she does a, a really fantastic. But it's it's a review. So like cats, cats is like when everyone describes Broadway when I was younger, like how we talked about last week with with the like poetry. I'm not a huge fan yeah. of poetry, right? Like cats was like how I thought theater was. It's like, oh, it's just like this avant-garde, like, dance theater, and then, like, none of the stories, like, there is no coherent thought, it's just dancing and cats, and I would always be like, oh, that's theater, and then I would actually watch stuff like Wicked, and, and uh, you know, Wicked, uh, Hamilton, uh, just because that's in the zeitgeist now, but Phantom, uh, stuff like that. I, I really love Broadway, uh, as it turns out. I just didn't like cats. Yeah, um, that's funny that you bring that up because, yeah, like, I thought, like, for the longest time, I hated theater because I thought it was, like, cats, where it was, like, really high concept and really, really annoying. You know what I mean? So, right. And when, no, like, it's not, it, the thing is, it's not, it's not just this high concept. It's, it's trying to be smarter than what it is. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's just like people messing around. It's like, but this is so genius. It's like, <laughs> no, it's just people acting like cats. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Continue. But I'm yeah, sorry. like it's it, like I only recently, like I, I used to hate theater so hard uh, until uh, a girl I lived with, um, she said like, I imagine like you guys should buy, like me and my sister, you guys should buy tickets to Phantom. I'm sure you'll like it. Like, and she was pestering us for the longest time. So we got the cheapest tickets to a Winnipeg production of Phantom, which is like Broadway across Canada. Like the, it's a traveling show and it's, it's, it's pretty good. Like they have really good singers. Um, so we went to see Phantom 
and we knew nothing. Like, I read the book, but I, we didn't know anything about the show. So when the chandelier exploded at the beginning of the show, we dove under the seats. And so <laughs> it set the tone for the rest of the night. And so right. by the end of it, we're like, we're like, um, we're like, uh, the woman in Pretty Woman when she's crying at the opera <laughs> at the end of the right. show. And as the show ends, we're just cheering our asses off. And it's like, okay, I, I think I like theater now. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, like I said, like, like Phantom, Phantom whips. Like it does just start. And it's just like the the you hear the Duh, yeah. and it's just like and, and someone who's like a music. Like I love music. I love like imagine music, and I love like the like I like how written like how scores can be written. It is very so thematically great. And like I said, it just I popular like duh. And then you see the you see the chandelier, and the fact that it falls, and it's just like okay, I'm like I'm in. This is. This is a action movie. John Wick, yeah, they killed his dogs. Now he's killing people. It's that same kind of adrenaline, which is why they don't really work well in in movie form mm-hmm. because you don't get that whole aspect. It's like it's like live professional wrestling. I can't yeah. tell people like wrestling is fun to watch on television. I like it, but I can watch it and I can like I I can find myself out of it. Something about watching it live is just viscerally like. Oh, it's just instantly better. It's well, just instantly better show. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I, uh, you get a lot crazier when you're actually in the audience. Like, you, you get taken up in the story. Like, I saw, uh, we went to a house show once, and we were like about three or three rows from the from the ring. And this guy invited me to sit next to him because, like, they left the seats, and he he saw like I was a huge fan. And that was a show where uh, CM Punk was the was the was the main event. And Wade Barrett comes out, right, during one of the matches beforehand, and, like, mm. a bunch of these men around me are, like, freaking out and, like, heckling him and stuff like that. And then, like, we're all heckling him, and he's, like, heckling back at us, and he gets to me, the only girl, and he just, like, towers over me and, like, stands close to the barricade and, like, stares me down, and I'm, like, I'm freaking out because I'm, like, holy crap, he's, like, two, like, a foot away from me, and I sit down defeated. <laughs> like, but I'm, like, right. that would never, like, it's, like, I I love that live aspect of it. Like, I love the, um, like, I saw Phantom when I was in New York last year, and it was such a different thing, like, to be in a, a, be in a theater setting where the show doesn't travel, so they're allowed to do a little bit more crazier things. And right. it was so cool. Like, I just, I, I really uh, would love for uh, America to get its act together in regards to COVID so I could return to New York to see more theater. But yeah, like, it's such a cool thing, and I'm, I'm glad I didn't, I wasn't set in my ways just because I saw cats. I like how we got to right. this discussion because Because of cats. Well, I mean, obviously, this is, again, this episode's like 60% of a clip show, so a lot of clips they talked about we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also... I want. I don't have an avenue to talk about cats, and I want to because I, I want to watch that movie so bad. I still haven't seen it. I, I, I don't know if I can justify even paying the three dollars for Red Cat, but <laughs> I want to watch it because it seems like a trade wreck. But it's like it's just weird. And like I said, I've been uh, really big into theater again. Uh, to give Lindsay Ellis another plug, uh, she does a really great uh, musical podcast called Music Planning. It's Every two weeks, um, it's tremendous. They go through different uh, 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 plays. It's really great. I want to see Hades Town. So when all this is done, my goal is to go see Hades Town because apparently that like is supposed to win. So oh, I, I have to get that out. Well, I the, the uh, but anyway, 
Is that, well, one more thing about Phantom. Oh. So when I saw Phantom uh, in New yes. York, the guy who played the Phantom was this actor named Paul A. Schrafer. And like he, like I, I found out later that he's really, really into uh, CrossFit and shit like that. And man, did he have the biggest ass I've ever seen on some guy. <laughs> I was like, I, I was getting distracted because his legs were like bursting out of his pants. It was, it was distracting. Anyway, like he, he, uh, like he's a pretty like I don't mind his voice as as the Phantom, but yeah, his booty was distracting me that night. Also, if you're okay, here's my thing with Hollywood. I'm sorry, this became the theater episode, but I don't think we get a theater episode in this show. Um, stop casting good actors who can't sing. Yeah, like maybe you get an actor who is like maybe not as good as an actor as a Russell Crowe, but can actually sing. Like that would be great. Like I. I have not watched Les Mis after turning it off like halfway through. I just can't. <laughs> um, I think I think Cooper is an okay director. Like I'm not on the like a lot of people like talk crap like he's like, oh he's a terrible director. I don't think that. I think he's a good director. I just don't think he knows how to direct a musical, and I don't think he understands like it's less is more. And the thing with musicals is like it's implied. Like uh, Hamilton uh, just came on Disney Plus like recently. And I'm glad, like, having seen that stage play, you know, of Hamilton, I love it. And there's a lot of great, like, performances there. And having watched that, I really don't think that should be, like, they should never, they should never in a million years actually make that stage play to an actual movie. Mm-hmm. It would work, it, yeah. it would lose, it, it would lose everything. Like, half the part of it is, like, the rotating, the rotating stage that simulates the hurricane. Like, that's genius. Uh, the fact that, like, the, there's a an actress who portrays like the bullet as she moves through. Like there's only things that you can do as film, like as 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 stage that you can't do as film. And Hollywood just needs to stop. Mm-hmm. Like let's just stop. We don't need just make their own musicals. Like I I'm down to watch a musical. I want Rebecca Sugar to write a musical. I, I want Disney to give Rebecca Sugar all the money in the world. To make whatever she wants. <laughs> that is, because Steven Universe is great. And if we do the Patreon one day, I'm just going to be like, Sonia, we just need to have an episode where we talk about Steven Universe. Oh, I'll be down show. for that, yes. I love that show so much. But <laughs> having watched Steven Universe and watching a lot of her other stuff she did, like Rebecca Time and everything like that, just give Rebecca Sugar all the money and say, go, like, do that. But stop, like, the stage is the stage. And Movies are movies, and what we should be doing is we should be making days more profitable that more people can just see them. Yeah, exactly. A lot, a lot more playwrights need to um, put their plays like in in the availability for more people to do them locally, like some hat some hiding them behind copyrights, stuff like that. We, we well not hiding them, but they need to be more accessible so more people can see them. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. But um, I really don't want another Broadway. Like, I'm going to watch In the Heights because it's Lynn Miranda, but, like, I don't know how that's going to go. And I haven't seen the In the Heights play, but I'm going to watch the movie, so. 
Well, and yeah. like it, it's bothersome to me too because like sometimes they will make good casting choices in regards to musicals. Like I thought that Patrick Wilson as Raoul in Phantom in the movie Phantom, uh, R.I.P. the guy who directed it, um, Dave, uh, Schumacher, uh, but he did a really good version of All I Ask of You from Phantom because uh, he's an actually trained singer, so like he was really good. But um, I love the I love the uh, review I saw of somebody of uh, somebody said of. Uh, Gerald Butler as the Phantom. The Phantom is supposed to have an ugly face and a beautiful voice, not the other way around. <laughs> right. <laughs> Gerard Butler and uh, Russell Crowe, like, I, it's just like they're like, who are the worst singers that we can get that would be really, like, because they're, again, like you said, the, the Phantom is, the Phantom is supposed to be, I'm so deformed. Why would you want to see my face? I wear this mask. Mm-hmm. And you take off the mask. I'm Gerard Butler, <laughs> one of the most one of the most like attractive men uh, in the world. Why do I wear this mask? <laughs> well, I think it could have worked too if it was like somebody like Hugh Jackman, like because I think Hugh Jackman actually has some sort of reverence for the musical theater, so like he actually would be good. But uh, like, but yeah, like that. He was the whole reason I liked the the Greatest Showman. Like, even though some of the songs in that in that soundtrack were like giving me cats vibes, where I was like secondhand embarrassment regarding regarding it. But still, it's like some of the songs really like went, and I was just like, oh my god. But okay, <laughs> we're just like we just had like a ten minute conversation about theater. <laughs> Sorry. But okay, we'll go back to the episode. Uh, so Hillary is in charge of looking after Ashley. And they end up in various stores looking for Hel- in various stores looking for Hillary's costumes, plural, as she plans to go as a runway model. So at the same time, Will and Carlton are having a terrible time trying to find dates. Will gets slapped when he sprays cologne on a woman's te- woman's chest, which I was all for. Like uh, I, sh- she should have like called the cops on him. But, yeah, don't don't do that. Yeah. Like, no woman ever thinks it's cute when you spray stuff on them. Yeah, exactly. Just FYI. And Carlton ends up spraying a cute sales girl with ink. Uh, so Will and Carlton make the classic young man mistake, as we mentioned at the f- top of this hour. They hit on girls working at stores where they have to be nice to you. So it's like, yeah, like I, I, again, like, as I mentioned, I made the mistake of hitting on a dude working on the store, but like, I'm a thug and I don't give a F yeah. word about it. So it's like, I am cute. So, yeah. yeah. I, like I said, I, I mean, I've definitely done it. I used to do the thing. Ugh, I used to, so we used to go to this bar and it was like, uh, this, um, this, uh, bar that was in downtown Jacksonville called the Pearl. It was great. Because, like, you pay $5, like, cover charge, and the whole night, like, the drinks for free. Like, you just, like, the only thing you paid was your cover charge. Uh, so, like, when you're 21, 22, 23 years old, you just get, you know, you just get the worst kind of drunk. Um, because they're free drinks, right? Um, and every night when we would leave, I would, I would reach out of my buddy Lewis's car, roll down the windows, and I would yell, Ladies, can I get your digits? Like, it sucks now. But, one, I wasn't attacking them when they were at their job. Two, if they were going to give me their phone number, I, you know what, I would have never known what, I wouldn't have known what to do with it. And three, we were literally in the car driving away. I was just like, it was like, it was like a weird form of catcalling. 
without being malicious. Like, I wasn't being, like, a, a terrible catcaller, but I was definitely, like, yelling at, I was, I was, <laughs> I was hollering, I was hollering from my best friend's ride. <laughs> uh, like, like the true scrub I was. <laughs> But oh, but, so Will and Carlton have a mad dash across the mall when they see a girl by herself, uh, Melinda, who they both try to impress. And so this is when the show goes from a recap clip show to an unreliable narrator episode when they both lie about themselves to impress Melinda. So Carlton tells a story about himself that makes him look like Michael Jackson in Smooth Criminal, <laughs> where he saves Will's date from Will's own selfishness. So I love, uh, I always quote this episode with my sister, um, whenever she's trying to spend money or something, I'm always like, well, that's awfully expensive, Carrie. Let's just go down to Stark Alley. <laughs> I just love that part. And we get to see Carlton dance a little bit, which is pretty cool. Like, I love how kick-ass he looks, like that scene where he's lit from behind in the alley. Just like a beautiful shot. I love that. Well. <laughs> And he used to do, I think he was like a backup dancer for Michael. Yeah, like he uh, was Michael in a, Jackson. Yeah, he was in a Pepsi commercial with uh, Michael. Yeah. yeah, so he's pretty. He's pretty good. He's got the. He's got the credentials. <laughs> so yeah, as we talk with a future guest in the future, <laughs> in the future times. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a classically trained dancer. So like, it's really like it's very plausible that he would have that. Um, Will's uh, uh, side <laughs> on the other end. Uh, who, who, let's let's just talk about all the people he's friends with. Okay, so he's uh, Will tells a story about being close personal friends with the following people, and I made a list. So, Heavy D, uh, Kadeem, hardest son of a different world, mm-hmm. uh, sports guy, which uh, you'll get me for later, Bo Jackson. <laughs> oh, 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 absolutely, <laughs> and I'm going to explain why. So, Music yeah. guy, Quincy Jones. Ah. Uh, singer guy, I'll be sure, and Malcolm Jamal Warner of The Cosby Show, who all come to Will for advice on their careers or their girls, which Will mentions when he reminds Quincy about how he came up with the idea for Thriller. (laughs) Alright, so, of those six people, how many of those people have you actually heard of before? I've heard of Heavy D, Uh, I've Ah. heard of Malcolm Jamal. Uh, like at the time, I knew Heavy D and Malcolm Jamal. I also knew Quincy okay. just because of his credits on the show. Right, right, all right. Uh, so Kadeem Harrison, like I said, a different world. Uh, Dwayne Wayne, uh, he's probably one of my favorite actors of all time. He's so great. Uh, uh, so Bo Jackson, <laughs> sports guy. Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. To call Bo Jackson a sports guy is like it is the most diminishing thing, and it's not like a negative <laughs> thing. It's just like Bo Jackson is. God only made one of these. Uh, Bo Jackson is like he's like he he would have been if his body wouldn't have betrayed him. He would have been the greatest sports man of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he legitimately played pro football and pro baseball at the same time, and was a legit superstar in both of them. Um, he was a running back uh, from my. Uh, college alma mater, Auburn University, um, probably the greatest running back to ever come through college football. Um, and he also played um, um, uh, left outfield in mm-hmm. um, MLB. There is a great, there's a great documentary called uh, "You Don't Know Bo" um, that was done by ESPN. It's tremendous. Bo Jackson, he's so great. Um, he has this one great play where 
and baseball. Baseball is a very huge field. People don't realize how huge, like how huge a baseball field is. He went and threw a ball from the warning tracks on the left outfield all the way to home base and it sh- got somebody out. Like, and when people see, like, when he got the guy out, the guy was in disbelief that he threw him out. Um, Bo Jackson only stopped playing sports because he tore his own hip out of place because he was running so fast and had to stop and pivot and tore his own hip. Oh. Uh, there is, there is only one of them. Bo Jackson is, like, legitimately, like, a legend. Um. And in a, in a, in a, in a just world where he is healthy the whole time, he's, like, he's bigger than Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who would have been bigger than Michael Jordan. Bo Jackson is, is great. Uh, love Bo Jackson a lot. Uh, Alvin Shore is another R&B guy. Uh, a lot of, like, early, like, New Jack Swing stuff. Uh, so yeah. These are, like, a lot of stuff, like, that is, like, definitely Travis people. So, uh, definitely love that. I thought Bo Jackson was the guy that appeared in um, in Mr. Perfect's uh, vi- vignettes. I had so to look it up is, just to make sure. Wait, isn't he? Isn't he? I think he is in one of them. He is. Uh, Wade Boggs is in one. Uh, I'm just trying to find it. Let's see. Because I'm like, did, was he in that? Like, so I'm just trying to find the vignettes. Vignettes. I think he is in the vignette. So let's find out. We'll cut this out later while we're looking. Hockey, football. No, 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 it's not. Steve oh. Jordan is the football okay, guy. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, but I, um, I recognize uh, Kadeem now because I've been watching A Different World. And so, like, I, I remember, I, I totally forgot he was in this episode. And I was like, oh, right. I remember, I know who that is now. So, it, <laughs> but it's kind of funny to me that Heavy D appeared in this episode and he didn't appear in the the one where Will and uh Grandma Hattie go to see him in concert. So I think it was probably just like a like a random cameo that he did because they shouted out to him. <laughs> so Right. Uh, but yeah, so uh Melinda decides to go with raw physical attraction when making her choice. And to Will's horror, she goes with Carlton. <laughs> So Uncle Phil ends up having to break up a concert being put on by Vivian after her singing attracts a large crowd, which is bigger than the one the dancers in front of Sam Goody had uh, that Will broke up. So like she had a really big crowd by the end of it. She's singing Proud Mary, I think. By the end of it, like yeah, because she was singing. Um, she sang an Aretha song. Um, and I can't remember what else she sang, but I remember the Aretha song was perfect. She was really good at that one. Um, mm. so at the same time, Hillary and Ashley are picked up for shoplifting when Hillary forgets to pay for Ashley's chaplain hat. Mm-hmm. The security officer Eugene is played by Tim Russ, who played Tuvok on Star Trek Voyager. Uh, Eugene is invited to Hillary's Halloween party, partly because it makes the paperwork go faster, and because Eugene has a plan. So, I don't know if he actually legit had a plan, or is it just set up, but anyway, he, he has right. a plan. <laughs> so, Will regroups at the croissant shop where he and Carlton ate earlier, and talks to the kind waitress, Cindy, who gives him her last peanut butter croissant, which looks terrible. I wouldn't eat it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but this sets it up for later. So the party gets underway with Will as Superfly, Ashley as Charlie Chaplin, 
Carlton as Dracula, Hillary as a model, Melinda as Mrs. Claus, and Phil as Tina Turner, and Uncle Phil as himself. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love the scene where a man dressed as a clown is lecherously staring at Aunt Viv, and Uncle Phil just threatens him. Like, I didn't know who Superfly was, so I had to ask you regarding black exploitation because I looked it up, and I couldn't mm-hmm. find the exact costume that Will wears. Right. So, no, Superfly is more of like a... Uh... It's more of like an idea. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it was a specific movie, right? But, like, Superfly, it's like... Uh, so I talked about it um, when, I, when I talked about Black Quotation on Laser Time. Um, it's a, you know... It's a movie... It's a movie I'm not really the most um, familiar with, but, like, we talked about it before. That's the great thing about Will is, like, as a character, he's so pro-black, and he's... Like, he talks about, like, these Black Quotation movies, and he loves them. Like, and it makes sense, like, when he grew up. He would have been one of those people, like, who would have been into it. Uh, but Superfly is one of those movies, like, it's, to me, it's less so. Like, I like the Mac and and Shaft over mm-hmm. Superfly. Superfly is fine. Uh, it has um, Huggy Bear in it, oh. which is what everybody remembers. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, like, uh, so Melinda is arrested for stealing from the Banks' house as Eugene reveals that Melinda was the shoplifter he mistook Hillary for. And is and it's implied that she only dated Carlton for the chance to go to his house and steal stuff. So and so, uh, Carlton brags that he still won the bet. But then Cindy arrives dressed as Cinderella, and Will wins the bet. And she looks really cute. I really like her dress. So it's adorable. I just love it. And so she looks really cute. And like uh. And the party goes off really well, and like everyone's happy except for Carlton, who goes to bed grumpy because he lost his, he lost a bet and <laughs> found out that the only girl that wanted to date him had a <laughs> was a kleptomaniac. So. <laughs> say, was a was a thief. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the night ends with trick or treaters arriving at something like two a.m. because they were watching Matlock. So it's like like because the party's over, right? And it's still technically the same night, so it's roughly two or three in the morning morning right now and so will right. tells them a scary story about the bel-air beast who ends up appearing at the party spoiler it's carlton so <laughs> but what did you think about this episode tl um i think we as we talked about it i think the first i think episode the episode eight version of this is i think a very boring just because we, we've been here before mm-hmm. right and it, it just seems really not fun, but then episode nine when it becomes like the episode, and I think as it becomes more of a of a look at you know Will and Carlton's, um, like as their relationship becomes a lot more stronger and they become less of like less of like distant cousins to more of like a like a brotherly thing, yeah. right? And it's and it's it's, like I said, it's really weird, just like having like watched it with HBO Max and like. Having these, where I'm just like, I'm just gonna watch Fresh Prince through. Like, even though we're gonna talk about these episodes, we're just watch it through. And seeing episodes as we go further, and as their relationship goes through, and like they legitimately love each other so much, it's episodes like this where you can kind of see that start to bubble up, and they're starting to kind of, you know, become more jokingly, you know, combined together. Yeah, so I, I really love. I really, I really like that aspect of. Yeah, and I like that, because um, we do see Carlton and Will becoming closer later in the series, but I like that, like, because um, you can imagine that, like, 
uh, the reason why Carlton is so close with Phil is because they're the only guys in the family. Like, uh, Hillary has Ashley and their mother, but who does Carlton have? Like, and so with Will being there, he finally has a brother. And mm. so I, I really like that aspect of their relationship. Plus, it's really cute to see them at odds because they're both terrible at picking up women. So like oh, yeah. yeah, so that's like that's the best part of this episode is that when Will uh, finally is truthful and is sweet and is honest, he gets a girl, and so that's why I really like this episode. It has a has a positive message about like the importance of being yourself because you know, like Cindy only likes him after he comes back defeated. So it's like, uh, so it's a good episode for that reason. Plus, like, um, Janet Hubert singing the whole time was amazing. I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, uh, she was singing I Never never Loved a Man the Way I Loved You by Aretha Franklin, which is one of my favorite songs. So it was really cool to hear her sing it. Right. No, definitely. I think it was a really good episode. Um, it, it really turned, it really turned uh, what was just a, a boring clip show, so. Mm, exactly. <sighs> All right. Uh, well, that is this episode. Uh, as always, Sonia, did you have anything that you would like to promote? Well, just check me out on Twitter. I am at honey underscore child. Uh, just talking about uh, indigenous life in these COVID times and wishing I could travel but can't right now and <laughs> and drinking all the Coke Zero I can find. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, you can find me over on Twitter at Travis L. Foster. Um, I do a podcast called PNB. Uh, I'm usually on everywhere. So, yeah, just find me out. Uh, like I said, I'm going to say it every episode until I finish it. Starting to write a rom com. Write that rom com, TL. Writing that rom com. All right. Um, so, yeah. So, for Sonia, uh, I am TL Foster. This has been Life in the Pool House. Uh, don't get thrown out. Like jazz.